took watch, it's real talk. Man, it's real talk with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the man got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. real talk. And here we go, here we go on this Monday, September 20th, 2021. It's 6 p.m. and as stated, it is Monday. It's time for Real Talk Memphis. Welcome in, welcome in uh, on a beautiful, beautiful day today. It looks like things are going to start to cool down. We have some rain moving in tomorrow, but after that, we'll see temperatures in the 70s. And I think Wednesday is the first day of fall officially, so... I uh, hope that everyone is doing well. I hope that you had a good Monday. I hope you had a great weekend, beautiful weekend out there, and the whole nine yards. And uh, very happy to have you with us on this evening, as always, of course. Before we get too far into it, uh, you might be asking yourself, how do I get a hold of this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Don't worry, I'll get you through it. Uh, several ways you can find us tonight. Uh, right now, live, of course, 91.7 WY. XR on your FM dial. We are also available live on the uh, website, which is wyxr.org. The TuneIn app, just put in WYXR in the search, and you can hear us crystal clearly. And as we are a podcast, we will be posted uh, tomorrow. Uh, sometime tomorrow afternoon, the show will be posted. So you can get it wherever you get your podcast. And, yeah, we are on Facebook Live as well. So if you'd like to chime in and say hello, that's always nice as well. The gang's all here. We're ready to go. We have a great show for you tonight. A variety of great guests with some great topics and some great discussion as as well. I um, feel like I'm always forgetting something here at the very, very top of the show. But but I don't think I am tonight. But if, if you know, when Alzheimer's kicks in at my age, you know, just forgive an old dude. You know, I'm trying to do the best I can. Uh, football season is here. Watched a lot of football this weekend. College on Saturday, pros on Sunday. And uh, I don't know who your favorite team is. But in this town, it's generally one of two teams. It's either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, the Cowboys – did win last minute last night. Give credit where credit is due. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I know a lot of you are. Don't hold it against me. As far as Pittsburgh is concerned, they got smoked yesterday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, well, so the, so the Cowboy fans have some bragging rights today. Pittsburgh, let's see what happens as we get into the weekend. 
So, you know, as we always like to do this uh, part of the program, we like to salute you. We like to give you the shout out. We like to make you the special occasion. So if you're celebrating a special occasion or did over the weekend, be it a birthday or an anniversary or another special event, congratulations to you. As we do, hit it, Jack. You know, we like to call you out because you like to call yourselves out on social media. Boy, I, I've never seen so many folks, you know, enjoy having a birthday. But, you know, as they used to always say, maybe they still do say in some parts, it is better to be seen than to be viewed. So if you are still up and you're on your feet, you're feeling good, your health is good, and you're able to celebrate appropriately, congratulations to you. Happy birthdays go out to Normicia Williams. Happy birthday to you. Yolanda Jones celebrating a birthday today. Cindy Barton is having a birthday. Happy birthday to you, Cindy. Bradley Warren L. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, Tammy Connolly. Happy birthday to Veronica Castillo. And this is going to be an early birthday. Uh, Christine Fox, who is a big fan of WYXR programming and a friend of the radio station, shot me a note and said, Chip, would you mind shoot, shouting out my brother, Matthew Matthew Fox. His birthday is Wednesday the 22nd and he lives in Texas. So Matthew Fox, consider this an early happy birthday shout out to you because your sister is Christine and she's cool people. We like her. So happy birthday to each and every one of you folks out there. Hope it's been a great, great day. Hope the celebration will continue long into the night. But remember, if you have to get up and go to work in the morning, you have to go to bed early. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. Uh, as we uh, move ahead with the big broadcast tonight, uh, noticeable death, uh, notable death rather, this afternoon, uh, A.J. Johnson, he's a comedian. Uh, he's well known for his appearances in the Friday movie franchises. Uh, he was 55 years old. He uh, passed away today, uh, uh, no cause of death, but uh, he's a funny cat. He was also, he's also been here a few times at Chuckles Comedy uh, Comp- Chuckles Comedy Club. Uh, he's appeared here as well. So that came across this afternoon. News and notes, as we like to do on uh, the big broadcast tonight. Just in case you uh, didn't uh, realize it, COVID and the Delta variant is still out there and it's still causing problems. Big news today, of course. Pfizer has said that uh, they have tested their vaccine in children ages five through 11, and it has tested safe for children and well-tolerated in that age category. Uh, this uh, may be uh, put up for emergency use authorization uh, maybe by the end of October. So my question to you is, uh, even uh, though Pfizer says their vaccine is safe and it could be approved uh, by as early as Halloween, would you let your children, ages 5 through 11, get that shot? That's the question. Would you, if given what you know about the vaccine, would you let your children, pretty young, uh, 5 through 11, uh, get the vaccine? If you uh, want to chime in on the uh, old live deal, I'd be interested in hearing uh, what you had to say about all of that. Uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, obviously, now... The big issue in terms of vaccination is it's 12 and older here in Shelby County. I think it's fully vaccinated from 12 to 17 is about 35 percent of the uh, older generation. So, you know, that's a big question. It's the next big test coming up. In case you missed it, a federal court ruled to keep 
the indoor mask mandate in effect for the time being here in Shelby County, and that includes all municipal schools with no exception. So faculty, staff, and students, and anybody uh, going to any of the municipal schools, you have to remain masked up here in Shelby County. We don't know uh, how long uh, that is going to uh, be in effect, but it is in effect for the time being. I'm sure there'll be an injunction. I'm sure there'll be a court case attached to it at some point or another. But right now, nothing has changed as far as that uh, is concerned. Parents are still seeing a lot of cases in the Shelby County School District. Uh, I think another five or 600 cases reported uh, uh, today or so within the last seven days. Uh, and a lot of parents are still looking for a virtual option so if their kids are either exposed or test positive and they have to stay home, there is a component of learning that still can be met. Uh, the legislature tied all that up last year, and basically now you have to ask permission, not a school district, but a specific school and even a specific class. You have to ask the uh, commissioner of education office in Nashville if you can have an exception to do virtual learning, which I think is rather silly, but you know, and that, that, that's sort of where it is, but you don't want kids sitting home uh, not being able to do anything and losing valuable learning time. Nationwide, uh, we're seeing an average of 146,000 cases per seven-day average in this country, and uh, just over 1,900 deaths uh, per seven-day average in this country. That's pretty high still. So that lets you know that uh, uh, that the virus is still active, the virus is still present. I know folks are getting back to normal. I mean, all you have to do is watch any kind of football game or just walk, just, just, just drive around the city. This past weekend, the Cooper Young Festival, big festival, a lot of folks out having a good time, enjoying themselves. Another 40,000, 50,000 people were at the stadium this weekend watching uh, the University of Memphis versus uh, Memphis versus Mississippi State, excuse me. And by the way, I'll jump to the chase. Memphis is now 3-0. and They did beat Mississippi State uh, over the weekend. So boys are doing uh, pretty, pretty well. Uh, let me take it down a notch here and talk about crime news because, absolutely, you know, uh, what would it be here in Memphis and Shelby County if we didn't have crime news to talk about because we can't act like it doesn't exist because it does. We had five murders in about five hours uh since uh, late Saturday night and early into Sunday morning, including a couple that was shot by someone who lived in the house. Uh, he uh, killed a husband and a wife, and their son actually saw him, uh, witnessed him uh, uh, do it. Uh, he has been caught, the individual in question. He's facing uh, two first-degree murder charges, amongst other charges as well. Uh, 90 highway shootings. It is what, just September, right? Middle of September. We've had not 90 highway shootings to this point, which is more than we had last year at this time, and including someone who was killed Saturday night on uh, Interstate uh, 240 uh, east of Airways. Uh, someone actually was killed. Two people were shot, and one of those folks died. Uh, so, you know, here we go with that. I don't know how many of you have you traveled the highways and byways of uh, this city and this county, but there are there are literally cops at every exit. I mean, somebody's being stopped everywhere. I've never seen as many police as I have on the interstate stopping people. And I assume that this is for the speeders out there, the ones who are impatient 
who like to try to run you off the highway, you know, and they're zigzagging from one lane to the left all the way to the right and then back to the left. And, you know, they're still out there doing their thing. I don't know if this saturation is stopping or helping that issue or not, but it is still very present. And in, in my world, it's still extremely irritating to have them out here doing what they're doing on a daily basis. Would it surprise any of you to know that there are more than 1,300 guns, or rather there have been more than 1,300 guns stolen from Memphis cars this year? You know that, 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 that funny little law now that allows people to carry a weapon in their vehicle without having it licensed, without having it regulated, without having to, to have a permit, test or anything. So is it any wonder that there are 1,300 guns to this date, to this point, that have been stolen from vehicles? And first of all, why do y'all have this many, why do this many people have guns in their cars in the first place? I mean, you know, so that, you know, knowing that the law is where it is, maybe because of that, maybe because people know what the law is and they can't stop me from having a gun anyway, not gonna check me, not gonna do anything. So, um, and maybe this has a lot to do with the incessant shooting and murdering and killing that we are seeing in this city uh, each and every day. Later on in the broadcast, I'm going to have Pastor Keith Norman, pastor of uh, Broad Avenue Baptist Church in this town. He has been outspoken, of course, in his uh, conversation, not only uh, in reference to the violence that we see in our streets uh, on a daily basis, but also uh, COVID in the church. Uh, recently, there was an article about him in the paper uh, and his urging of pastors to maybe rethink bringing back congregations. We're going to talk about all that uh, a little bit later on in the broadcast. I very much look forward to having him on the show. We also will be speaking to Tori Boyland. Tori is uh, a mental health advocate. Uh, she uh, formerly worked at the Memphis Police Department. She's a community partner. Uh, she is really trying to address the issue of mental health, which is a big, big problem. Uh, and COVID uh, has exacerbated that issue as well. She's also uh, doing outreach in terms of working with the Memphis uh, Rescue Mission, providing meals. We have a large homeless population in this town, a lot of folks that need help. Uh, Tori is reaching out uh, through her uh, organization, and she is going to talk to us about that. And she is also going to talk to us about how you can be a partner in an upcoming event she has coming up this weekend. And uh, we are supposed to be speaking with Paul Young. Paul is the president and CEO of the Downtown Memphis Commission. Uh, he is a young man doing big, big things in this city. Uh, well respected, well liked, uh, highly intelligent, has a lot of plans for downtown. There's a lot of work going on downtown. And uh, hopefully he will be available to chat with us about that uh, in the next few minutes. That is it for news and notes and a setup for the big broadcast. So what do you say we're getting on? How about that? We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, hopefully we'll have Paul on the other end of uh, the Zoom slash uh, Real Talk line. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Uh, very happy to have you with us on this Monday evening. Always happy to have you with us. You have a short break. And we'll be right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Hey Memphis, my name is Ron Buck. I am looking forward to bringing you my show, Riverside, every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. I will be playing rock and blues, old and new, and featuring Memphis music and events. I hope you'll tune in to Riverside every Friday at 1 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 FM, Raised by Sound. What you got in your record box? Bring it along to the Memphis Listening Lab and WYXR's inaugural Record Swap and Zine Fest, presented in association with Crosstown Arts. Vendors will be lining the halls of the Crosstown Concourse with rare musical finds and deep, engaging, independently published magazines. Hear live sets from WYXR DJs spitting the best from their final collections. The event starts at 10 a.m. Saturday, September 4th and Sunday, September 5th. For customer and vendor information, visit the Memphis Listening Lab and follow us updates on Facebook. Hey everyone, this is Janet, host of Jaunt with Janet, Wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m., bringing you new releases in the rock, pop, and electronic genres with a little bit of the old fused in, all here on WYXR Memphis, 91.7 FM. This is Bishop Phoebe Rofe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at WYXR 91.7 FM to hear conversations with community leaders about the role of faith in their lives. That's Faithfully Memphis right here on WYXR FM. Hello, this is Jerry, your host of Without a Net. Here on WYXR Sunday nights from 8 to 10, we're going to be hearing some pure jazz and some impure jazz and lots of other good music too. Come join me this Sunday. See you later. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 FM Memphis. This is Nancy and I hope you'll join me on a musical journey from 2 to 4 p.m. Mondays with Memphis Undercover. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday. It's your boy Chip with you. Glad to have you on board. And glad to have my first guest with me tonight. He is a very familiar face to those uh, in and around the Memphis 
He has uh, worked his way up the, 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 the big business chain in this town. And currently, he serves as the president and CEO of the Downtown Memphis Commission. He is Paul Young. And Paul, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me, too. Glad to be here, as always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, listen, uh, you have been at the helm of the Downtown Memphis Commission for how long now? So I started with DMC April 1st of this year. So I'm, I'm about five or six months in now. Five or six months in. So tell us, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience, exactly what the Downtown Memphis Commission is charged with and in, in, in your role as president and CEO. Yeah, so the Downtown Memphis Commission is an economic development entity that coordinates major development in downtown. We provide incentives to small businesses. Uh, we provide uh, various activations in downtown. Mm -hmm. So think about events like during the playoffs like this past year, this past season rather, uh, we had a, a watch parties in the park. So we want to activate, we want to bring people downtown. We really try to embrace the fact that downtown is Memphis's living room. It's the living room for the city and for the whole region. And so we want to make sure that, that it's a space that reflects uh, our diversity and we, that we continue to bring uh, development and opportunities to downtown Memphis as well. So tell us about uh, some of the big ticket items, some of the major projects that are going on, because everywhere you look down there, it seems like there's a hub of activity. And it's always nice to see because that means progress. Talk to us about some of the projects that you are working on uh, currently. Yeah, so the biggest one that we uh, are working on right now, and literally the biggest is uh, 100 North Main. It's right. the city's tallest building, 37 stories. It was went vacant in, I think, somewhere around 2015 or so. Mm -hmm. um, and since that time, it's sat in its current state. And so we wanted to take action. So in partnership with the city, uh, DMC acquired the building. And we recently put out an RFQ or, or request for proposals, rather, uh, for developers to come in and build, develop that structure. We got 11 responses, so we had a great response to that. Yeah. And we're currently vetting those applications. And so we expect by December 31st for us to make a selection for a developer and hopefully get that project underway um, in 2022. Um, there are other big projects like the Hyatt Grand that's taking place at one bill. Many people have seen Hyatt Centric and been to the amazing rooftop. Right. Well, right behind that is going to be the Hyatt Grand, a 350-room uh, luxury hotel. Oh, my. Um, so all of those types of things help position our city so that we can bring bigger and better conventions and, you know, uh, one day maybe even host an all-star game. That's something that we all ambition towards. Man, that, that sounds like uh, a, a, a great start uh, to a, a major project. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Paul Young. He is the president and CEO of Downtown Memphis uh, Commission. And I would imagine, Paul, that, that it takes a village. And when, when you do what you do on a very high scale, uh, very high level in terms of trying to bring major corporations, major development uh, projects uh, to this city, um, that's a pretty big task, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's certainly a team sport. We work in collaboration with the city and county on a regular basis. Uh, we work with uh, the business sector, the chambers, uh, all of the folks that are, there's a whole ecosystem of folks that are working really, really hard to bring great things to our city. Um, and so I'm just happy to be a part of it. And our organization is 
just glad to be a part of it. Uh, are you part of now? I know that uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, of, of of the park down there, uh, Tom Lee Tom Lee Park, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, and I know they're going under a major renovation. Uh, can you can you shed any light on exactly you know what people can expect and how long maybe this project's going to last? Yeah, absolutely. So the Tom Lee Park uh, renovation has been a long time coming. It's being led by the Memphis River Parks Partnership, and so we work really closely with him right. with them. Mm-hmm. They manage all of the parks in downtown uh, along the riverfront, right. and it's going to be a sixty million dollar. I think that's the last number I recall was sixty million dollar renovation. They're creating what they call like outdoor rooms. Uh, so just just making the spaces more vibrant. Uh, Tom Lee Park was always okay. It's a big open space along the riverfront and beautiful vistas. But now it's going to be a, a, a showcase uh, for our city. We're going to have a um, lot more vibrancy, a lot more attractions. Um, it'll be active open spaces and you will still be able to accommodate things like Memphis and May. Uh, but we believe that it's going to be a real uh, asset to our riverfront. Memphis has really begun to position itself where we have all of these outdoor amenities. Uh, we positioned ourselves in a way where we are uh, on the radar for like national travel for people that are into nature and experiencing the outdoors. And so we want to lean into that a little bit. And that's what that that project will allow us to do. I, you know, I was I was I was going to say and I, and I was thinking um, about Memphis um, just as Memphis, it is a major tourist attraction uh, already in in this country and even in, in the world, you know, for, for, for various entities. But just a few projects that you laid out right now is really going to take us really to another level, wouldn't you say? And I mean, in terms of, I mean, competing with some of the major cities, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, I mean, I, I, I can't see any limits. Can you? No, not at all. And that's exactly what we want to do. And we want to do it in a way where we are, we continue to be Memphis. And so one of the things that we try to push from a DMC perspective is we want to make sure that as Memphis grows, as we bring all of these attractions, that we don't lose the very thing that make us who we are. We have to make sure we keep our culture, our history, uh, the African-American heritage that makes this city special. We think that those are the types of things that really set us apart because there aren't many cities that can say that they are uh, a predominantly black city that is really striving in a direction that we're trying to go, uh, bringing this type of growth and development. Obviously, Atlanta is is the first one that comes to mind, sure, but sure, beyond sure. Atlanta, we, we hadn't seen that many predominantly black cities really be able to get over the hump, and we think we can. Yeah, this, this I mean, it really you make it really sound exciting, especially with the number of rooms uh, that are coming to the city. Of course, the more rooms you have, the more, you know, big, focused, primetime, major league events uh, that we can bring to this city, which, of course, brings revenue and everything else. Let me ask you quickly, um, we know COVID has taken its toll on, on, on every sector, uh, you know, of, 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 of our landscape. Um, how long do you think it will be before you know, we can see Memphis start to really regain its economic footing, if you will. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I can answer that one uh, really well. I mean, I think it's uh, we need a couple of things in response to COVID. Like downtown, particularly, has been hit hard. Yeah. Uh, if you think about the small businesses that are located downtown, a lot of them operate based on the daytime traffic that comes from the offices. 
And so, so when the offices shut down, so you got the big companies like AutoZone, FedEx had built a space that they they hadn't moved into yet, ServiceMaster, um, they've actually moved, but Terminix, which is in their place, they hadn't went back to work. So you have a couple thousand employees that are not downtown, which means many of these small businesses are really suffering uh, from not having that traffic. We are starting to see the nighttime traffic come back to downtown, which is really good. But I do believe that once we start seeing the offices come back, um, that's going to help our small businesses and um, strengthen our downtown. But in terms of the full-fledged recovery, I still think we're probably going to end up being, you know, it's going to be a two, three-year process of getting back to full full strength. Paul, one final question, um, if you will. What can we, as Memphians, as people who live here, the people who work here on a daily basis, what can we do to continue to improve the landscape of our city to make ourselves even more attractive, you know, besides the, you know, the big ticket items that you talked about a few minutes ago? What can we as Memphians do to, to, to help that effort? Well, first, I would say get vaccinated um, because I go. think we <laughs> need to get back to a, a, a new normal. And in order to do that, we really have to get this virus out of our way. Uh, second, I would say come downtown and enjoy these amenities. Uh, there are so many things, so much to do. Uh, there's so much to show off. And the more people that come downtown, the more those businesses will be able to thrive, the more jobs that will be created. And it just helps our, our whole ecosystem. So I would say just come down and enjoy uh, downtown and what it has to offer. Well, they got the right one, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Young, President and CEO of the Downtown Memphis Commission. Paul, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to visit with the Real Talk tonight. I'll be talking to you soon, my friend. Absolutely. Look forward to it, man. Take care, Stay up. Okay, you too. Okay. Paul Young, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of big things in store for Memphis uh, proper. I tell you, he was uh, laying it out. And it's exciting. The next few years are going to be very, very exciting. And they got the right man at the helm. Uh, Thank you again to uh, Paul Young for joining the show. We are going to take our second break of the broadcast. When we come back, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk to Miss Tori Boyland. And we're going to talk mental health. We're going to talk community partnerships. And a whole lot of other things. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Second break, right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. There's really nothing better than a box of records. Hi there, this is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee. 
what you got in your record box. Bring it along to the Memphis Listening Lab and WYXR's inaugural Record Swap and Zine Fest, presented in association with Crosstown Arts. Vendors will be lining the halls of the Crosstown Concourse with rare musical finds and deep, engaging, independently published magazines. Hear live sets from WYXR DJs spitting the best from their vinyl collections. The event starts at 10 a.m. Saturday, September 4th, and Sunday, September 5th. For customer and vendor information, visit the Memphis Listening Lab and follow event updates on Facebook. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It is the president of Driven Type T, and you're now tuned in to Memphis's own WYXR 91.7 FM. The station with the city soul, man. Come on, you know what it is. <laughs> Remember, never stop. Stay driven. Peace. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are in the midst of Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening uh, with your host, Chip. Very happy to have my next guest with us. You know, uh, we have uh, talked uh, many times about the toll that COVID has taken on us, not only physically, but mentally as well. Uh, Mental health has uh, really come to the forefront uh, and uh, my next guest is uh, is is someone well positioned to talk about that. Uh, she's a nurse. She's worked uh, for the, with the Memphis Police Department. She's also done a lot of work with mental health. Uh, she is Tori Boylan, and I am very happy to have you, Tori. Thanks for coming on the show. Welcome to Real Talk. Hey, Chip. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. And see, and ladies and gentlemen, just in case you if you if you're checking her out on Zoom, you see that big sign behind us says Tori Talks. She's got to look at her. She's she's got a show too. <laughs> she's got a show. But she was kind enough to, to 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 come on and visit with us this evening. And I'm very very happy to have her. And uh, and 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 Tori, uh, as we get started. Talk a little bit about Tory Talks. It's also an organization. And talk about the organization, uh, its function, and what you do to help so many in this community. That's correct. It is uh, an organization. We actually um, recently started the organization back in June of this year. Mm-hmm. And we have been doing segments via Facebook Live every Monday at 6 around the same time you're on. And so basically what the organization is kind of twofold. One, we do community outreach. So we partner with different organizations. Um, we're serving, we're getting out into, into the community. We talk, we're talking mental health. And the other um, part is we also do speaking engagements to different agencies, again, promoting mental health. So we mesh the two together to normalize mental health, which is the foundation of the organization is to normalize mental illness. Talk about how uh, big an issue this is. I mean, and I also know that there is, you know, for a certain segment of the population, there's a shame, you know, in, in, in admitting that you, you do have some issues in terms of mental health. But talk about how big an issue you have found this to be uh, since you have immersed yourself in it. 
Absolutely. Well, I have been blessed enough to be um, in mental health in some capacity for over 15 years. So mm-hmm. I've kind of had um, a pretty extensive background in mental health. And since COVID, of course, um, the likelihood of mental illness of people coming forth um, has it has increased a little bit. However, we still have what we call silent sufferers, which means people are dealing with mental illness in their own space and they're afraid to come forward because they may think that they're going to be judged or they may have sought counseling before right. and did not get the result that they you know necessarily wanted. But um, let me just share some statistics with you sure. according to CDC. Sure. So 57% of people visit their physicians and they're reporting mental illness as their primary diagnosis. You said 57%? You said 57%? 55.7%. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, okay. okay it's a lot of people. Uh-huh. 11.2% report feelings of worry, anxiety, or feeling worthless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 11.2%. Yeah. 4.7% of adults 18 and over have reported depression. And so when you're looking at the adolescent population, Tennessee ranks number 45 with adolescents who are suffering from mental illness. And again, COVID has increased these numbers significantly because people have not been able to, or it's been difficult to adjust to what we know is normal. And now all of that has shifted. So mental illness is very prevalent in our community. And in order for us to do something about it, we have to get out, we have to talk to people, we have to assess the need because you can't serve if you don't know who and what you're serving and why you're serving if you haven't gotten out to talk to people. You can't, you sure can't know unless you know. That's exactly right. We are speaking with uh, Tori Boyland and uh, she is speaking with us uh, about mental health and a, a lot of other issues. You know, Tori, when I set this up earlier, uh, we also talked about the fact that there's a great need in terms of uh, the poverty issue in this town, which means uh, homelessness, which means hunger. And I know you do a lot of work with community partners. Talk about some of the work you do with the Memphis Rescue Mission, if you don't mind. So let me give you a little bit of background. My family and I ha- have actually been serving the homeless uh, population in our community since about 2006, 2007, but we've been doing that uh, more privately. And when we started this organization, we decided to do it on a broader scale, if you will. Mm-hmm. So our first community day of service was July 24th. We partnered with the Memphis Union Mission. Mm-hmm. So we were, bl- we were blessed enough to serve about 100 men inside of the mission. And then we got, a, got, out, got out into the community and we served probably another 100 men and women. And so that was phenomenal. Um, again, normally when we serve privately, we are out in downtown Memphis. We're you know, talking to people that's, you know, on bridges there, they're on church doors. I mean, you would not imagine some of the places that we have been to serve people. And um, I think that it's really important that we tackle this issue again by partnering with different organizations, whether that's my organization or anyone else, just partnering with somebody, finding out what the need is, finding out you can help, how you can help. And if you have an idea yourself, presenting that to that organization to try to do something about this issue. Now, speaking on that, you have a uh, an event coming up this weekend, a uh, community okay. event, and uh, you're looking for uh, some partners. Tell us how we can help you uh, do what it is you do from your heart. Tell us what, how we can help you in, in, in ways to contribute. 
Well, first, I'm very excited about this event, as I am all the others that we've done. Um, I just love to serve in and of itself. But this weekend, we're partnering with Memphis Police Department, and we're serving citywide. So we're going to be serving on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. All day? And, okay, okay. Yeah, we're going to be there all day. My volunteers are going to be in shifts, of course. I'll be there all day, but um, people that are coming to help will not be there all day. But we are serving um, all precincts at one location. So we do need donations um, if anyone would like to volunteer or donate. We would appreciate either but I can be reached at 901-230-6341 or via email at Tori Talks, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. I'll tell you this, uh, when I uh, when I promoted this uh, this this show, I, 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 I got several messages from individuals who know you personally and, uh, you know, say that, you know, she is she has done some absolutely amazing work and that your your heart is as big as anyone's they've ever seen. So. Before we go, give that information on how and how many people do you need or how many people would you like to 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 be involved in what happens on Saturday? Well, because we're serving about four to five times what we normally serve, mm -hmm. I currently have about 10 volunteers. I'll take about maybe five to 10 more volunteers, okay. but we do need uh, lots of donations. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, the information, uh, my cell number is 901 two three zero six three four one and my email address is tori t-o-r-i talks with the s-t-a-l-k-s the number four the letter u at gmail.com and just let me say whoever called you thank you i appreciate it um for that well I'm uh, it's been a blessing it is a blessing yeah. a tremendous blessing to be able to serve and when you when you put yourself in a position to serve it gives you a different level of humility it allows you to be in a space where you're less likely to judge because Truth be told, either one of us are one experience, one traumatic event away from being either homeless and or suffering from a mental illness. So we have to be careful when we act, when we interact, and when we're talking to people, understanding that you don't necessarily know somebody is going through. Just because the outwardly appearance seems to be okay, it doesn't mean that inwardly I'm okay. So we have to be careful about judgment and how we um, interact with, with, with one another. You sound like you sound like a preacher. And I have one coming up here next, and I'm sure he's. I think he's. He might be listening to this right now. But but listen, thank you so much for for first of all for for all that you do, and and and, and, and for your heart, and 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 I know your husband, and I know he's 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 your biggest he's he's your biggest fan out there, and your biggest yeah. supporter, and he's a good dude too. See, when you told me that, okay. you know, now he's, he's wonderful. He's 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 been right here the whole time, and just pushing me. And sometimes he may think. Do you really want to do that? But he just continues to support. So I'm really, really blessed to have him. Well, I'm, uh, well, you tell him again. I know he's 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 there, and I, we talked off air. But uh, but but kudos, kudos to you, and kudos to the entire family. And listen, everybody, if you want to get involved with this and help, Tori is giving you the information. But you can also go to her webpage and find out more information. Tori, thank you so much for being with us. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, have a good night. Tori Boylan, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, and she's uh, going to have a big event this weekend. We're trying to serve as many people as we possibly can out there because the need is that great. We're going to take our uh, last break of the show, and when we come back, we're going to get down to it. We are going to talk to uh, a man who everybody around here knows. If you know anything about Broad Street Baptist Church, then you know who the pastor is. Dr. Keith Norman is my guest after this quick break. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. What you got in your record box? Bring it along to the Memphis Listening Lab and WYXR's inaugural Record Swap and Zine Fest, presented in association with Crosstown Arts. Vendors will be lining the halls of the Crosstown Concourse with rare musical finds and deep, engaging, independently published magazines. Hear live sets from WYXR DJs spitting the best from their final collections. The event starts at 10 a.m. Saturday, September 4th and Sunday, September 5th. For customer and vendor information, visit the Memphis Listening Lab and follow event updates on Facebook. everyone this is janet host of jaunt with janet wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m bringing you new releases in the rock pop and electronic genres with a little bit of the old fused in all here on wyxr memphis 91.7 fm Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast on this Monday. Chip here with you. This is Real Talk Memphis. And my next guest is is really not a stranger to any of us. He is the pap the pastor of First Baptist Church Broad Avenue. And uh, you know, you if you go down uh, Sam Cooper, you look to your right, you see that big majestic church. That's him. That's his church, and he's inside. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest uh Pastor Keith Norman and uh, Pastor Keith, thank you for being on the show tonight. I appreciate it. Hey, Chip, thanks for having me, man. It's always good to be with you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Good. Great to have you. And uh, you have uh, been on the show before and we've talked about uh, several issues of, uh, of uh, importance and concern. Now, recently uh, there was an article about you uh, in the paper uh, talking about uh, maybe a direction that uh, pastors should take or a thought process, I should say, that pastors should take in reference to this uh, very contagious Delta variant that we're dealing with. You also are a very high-ranking official in the Baptist Medical Group as well, uh, so you can very easily speak to this. What are your feelings about that in terms of in-person services? Well, first of all, I think that what has happened over the uh, last few months is that we've really gotten COVID fatigue. Mm -hmm. Many people have gotten to the point where just the weariness and the inconsistency of information and the time that we've spent away from one another is just wearing down on us. But I think it's incumbent upon us to be vigilant at all times and to continue to raise the banner and sound the alarm. And that's what I was doing. Um, What happened in the month of August, if you saw it, was that we had numbers that 
actually took us backwards to December and January, to the winter months. Yes, sir. And that was something that we needed to look at. And we needed to say, wait, we can't do this because, as you know, COVID has impacted the African-American community, of which I am unapologetically uh, concerned about. And because those are the people that I serve in my church, as well as all across the city, I serve anybody who will allow me to, especially in our ministry work and the hospital work. But the impact on COVID has been uh, harder on African-Americans than any other group in our majority city. We're not, not a minority, we are majorities. And so therefore we needed to sound that alarm. And the church has always been the place where African-American people got the best sources of information and the sources that said, listen, we care about your life, your health and your strength, socially, economically, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. You are in a very unique position to be able to answer the question I'm about to ask you. And okay. uh, as we are uh, African-American and very disproportionately affected by COVID, as you so uh, eloquently said, what is the hesitancy that you hear? Well, there's so much information that has not been properly disseminated. And let's be honest with ourselves, Chip. When this pandemic began, even you and I were probably somewhat hesitant when it came to vaccinations. There was a lot of talk that said, hey, if a vaccine came about today, would you take it? There were well, uh, very uh, high-ranking people, well-informed people who said, well, I don't know. And so we gradually come to know these things. And so I think for you and me, we have to continue to not pass any judgment on people who have not gotten any vaccine or not taken the vaccine yet, but continue to educate, educate, educate around this particular subject, allow people the time to move to an understanding. So we're allowing for that time, but we must also raise the alarm and sound the alarm about the devastating impact of not getting vaccinated. We have to combat misinformation. We have to combat and help to dis uh, disseminate good information around what's really taking place. Let me give you two quick instances. Sure. Uh, we have heard over the weekend uh, the, the the famous uh, quote unquote Nicki Minaj comments, right? Yes. And yes. so we know that let's let's talk heart to heart. When you talk to an African American male about his virility, his sexuality, and the impact of something taking, you know, that we realize that black men don't even want to take um, blood pressure medicine because it can have a negative impact on their uh, sexual performance. Mm -hmm. And so because there's so much around this, we have to have candid conversations and we have to have real talk because these are the elephants in the room that are impacting the lives, health, and strength of African-American men. Uh, point number two, uh, we dealt with the CDC and the FDA. The FDA is saying no third booster, you know, not necessarily. Yeah, right. Well, what they're really saying in so many ways is let's get the first shot in the arms of the people who haven't taken the shot and let's be more generous getting the vaccine around the world to places like Africa and other places that are way under vaccinated mm -hmm. and then take the third shot. They're not saying that the third shot is not needed. They're just saying that there ought to be a new priority or a priority set in order to make that happen. We are speaking with uh, First Baptist Church Broad, Pastor Keith Norman, and you raised some, some very, very good points. 
in, in reference to it. And I realize uh, that, uh, you know, economics plays a, a big role, uh, you know, in terms of uh, many of the churches, you know, in town, some of the smaller churches and things like that. And so they're fighting, you know, one against the other in terms of, of, of messaging in terms of that. But I want to shift gears if, 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 if you will allow me. <laughs> Because sure. I, I know as the uh, former president of the NAACP in this town and someone who is deeply grounded in the community and had a march, uh, uh, anti-violence march not too long ago uh, that your church hosted, how troubled are you by what we see um, daily, even hourly in this, in this city, in this, in this, in this county? Uh, I'm very troubled by it. I want to tell, say that from the start. We, had, we have had some of the uh, highest crime on record in the last few years. And obviously, we place no blame at the feet of anyone. Some of the crime that we've been experiencing, uh, this was from a study that was conducted by a group that I partnered with uh, as we gave information to the city council, to Mayor Wharton, and even turned over to the Strickland administration when he became mayor, that we realized that violent crime of this nature is committed from person to person. And these are not strategies that police can do much about. So let's not lay this at the feet of police. Okay. This is from the problems that we face in our communities. I will roll it back, however, and point out certain things. Okay. When we decided to take certain activities out of the schools many years ago by giving up the charters, uh, we started cutting back after school activities, band, football, sports, extracurricular activities. Peer mediation was a part of that. Mm -hmm. We have a generation of young people who are now parenting and who are now caught up in the, uh, the, the revolution, if you would, of not being able to solve their own problems. They don't have the skills, uh, Chip, to sit down and negotiate and talk through things and to resolve them. Right. And then weapons are easily accessible. Yeah. We have a state that says now, as of July 1, anybody can carry a gun. Whether you have a GED or not, whether you have been trained or not, whether you know the rules or not. And so now we have armed people who are not armed with the tools of negotiation and peer mediation, but they're armed with weapons. They use their weapons to solve their problems. This is a fault of government and the society, not local government, state government and the lackadaisical approach of going towards how to solve uh, problems in urban communities. I don't know if you heard me at the top of the broadcast, but in my news and notes, I did read that uh, uh, there are um, there have been almost 1,300 guns stolen from Memphis cars this year, and and right. we still have some some months to go. So that 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 uh, has a very very deep meaning to what you just said. I mean, I I, I thought it was one of the dumbest laws ever ever passed in 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 the, in, the, in the history of the state but it seems to be taking a very tragic toll on a lot of us in so many different ways so chip we knew that this was predictable from the start we knew that when this particular law was passed it would have a devastating impact on high density urban communities uh, i'm part of a commission that sat down with the governor and we tried to say this over and over again um, but there was just a, a desire for people uh, in the state of Tennessee to say, look, this is a right that people should have, but we should have been given a special carve out. I believe that in situations like this, the state legislative body has the authority to make carve outs around districts that have crime or gun crime that is uh, raised to a certain level. 
uh, Sheriff Floyd Bonner fought against this uh, uh, village. I mean, he was really fighting against it. Yeah. And when C.J. Davis, uh, Chief C.J. Uh, Davis came online, she fought against it. We went to Nashville together, the three of us, mm-hmm. and we raised our voice on this because we realized the devastating impact of this particular bill. Yeah, it is. It, it, it just it just it, it's, it's really senseless. And just like the crime that we see on a daily basis. And of course, uh, uh, these uh, children uh, being being killed um, and we're on pace to set yet another uh, tragic and sad record in terms of that. Uh, and, and, and I know you you you, you preach on this a, a, a lot. But 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 what what do we need to continually? What is the continual message that we need to uh, pass forth here? Well, I want to say this, and I would say this, I think we need leaders who are able to have conversations with people who live in communities. One of the things that I do realize is that when government does not pay attention and and um, attend to the needs of people, people can talk to people. One of the things I would say to men and women in our community is, hey, you know, let's go back to the days of when uh, we had integrity and we had some real sense of respect. Mm-hmm. Two things have always been off limit in our communities, Chip, and you know this as well as I do. We don't kill our children and we don't harm our elderly. Mm-hmm. That rule seems to have been forgotten. Yeah. Even in the most violent times, in the most heinous times, we have had situations where people could not resolve their issues. But rather than to harm an elderly person, we would say, Tell your son I'm looking for him mm-hmm. rather than to go and harm that person. Mm-hmm. We didn't shoot children. We didn't shoot in places where children were playing and residing. I think we need to go back to a code of honor and ethic. And somebody in leadership or somebody who's just among people, not just me as a pastor, not just my colleagues who are pastors who are saying it, need to just stand up and say that. Listen. And then thirdly, hey, man, work this thing out. You don't kill a woman. I mean, and then you don't take your brother's life. I mean, we're seeing crimes that are impacting families where brothers are fighting brothers. Young people are fighting young people. Remember this crime that took place a couple of weeks ago. Um, We looked at crime that took place a couple of weeks ago where a young 19-year-old killed a 17-year-old. Come on, man. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's 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 really been tough, but uh, we need to continue to hear voices like you and advocates like you, uh, and for all of us, and we need to pay attention and listen. Pastor Keith Norman, First Baptist Church, Broad. Thank you for the knowledge. Thank you for your words, and thank you for all you do to help us be better uh, here in this city. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, can I say something to you? Thank you for continuing to uh, sound the alarm and raise your voice. Uh, one of the things we really need is responsible media. And you have been one of those people who continues to use your voice and use these airwaves as a positive, encouraging force. I appreciate you and thank you for the work that you do. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Bless you. God bless you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a uh, very fitting way to end this broadcast tonight. Jack, as you play us out, uh, thank you to all my guests this evening. And uh, thank you, for Pastor Keith, uh, for really sharing some truth. Uh, because truth needs to be heard here. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, let's not fool ourselves. We are in a war here. And uh, we we really need to take stock of where we are. And we need to pray. And we need to look inward. And we need to figure out how we connect with these young folks out here and let them know there's a better way. Thank you for being a part of this broadcast tonight. And if you like what we do, 
uh, encourage others to listen and support our show as well. Uh, if the Lord says so, we'll be back same time, same station, and uh, we'll try to do it just a little bit better. Uh, in the meantime, for Jack, for Lola, and for your humble host, we thank you for being with us. We hope you'll join us again soon. I'm Chip, and I'm out.